I'm an ex-engineer turned real estate investor and entrepreneur, and it is a wild and wacky different life now that I absolutely love. I didn't really know what I wanted to do in life, but there's a sticky note that says some anything that I would do other than engineering. <laughs> so from a young age, I knew that I didn't want to become an engineer. I had been working for a year at my oil and gas company, and I was in $25,000 worth of credit card debt. And I thought that getting this engineering job and having a six-figure income, I'd be able to pay off that credit card debt. But a year later, I'm still sitting there with this $25,000 worth of credit card. And I'm, so I was like, okay, I've got to do something. And decided to get my real estate license because I thought this would be a great way to make some extra income. One day I was actually just like sitting on my couch. And then I saw Tony and Sarah Robinson were hosting a short-term rental conference. And literally after that, just seeing and being around other people that were doing what I wanted to do gave me the confidence to quit my job and go full in on real estate investing. So after that, I quit my corporate job and started investing in short-term rentals with partners. All right. After a slight technical difficulty, we are back today with a Fetch It podcast with the one and only Olivia Tati. Olivia, can you please introduce everybody to you the second time because we had just a slight hiccup before. Please introduce yourself. Thank you for coming on. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So my name is Olivia Tati. I'm a real estate investor a lover of house hacking, short-term rentals, and medium-term rentals. Um, I'm an interior designer as well, and I'm coming out, well, I just came out with a new house hacking course. Um, but yeah, I'm an ex-engineer turned real estate investor and entrepreneur, and it is a wild and wacky different life now that I absolutely love. <laughs> That's amazing. So the engineer life. So how did you go from engineer life to now, you know, I follow you on Instagram and you're all over the place. So how do you go from like working in oil and gas, very W2, very corporate to doing all these crazy things? How did that transition happen? Totally. So I had been basically working towards becoming an engineer. Like I got my bachelor's in chemical engineering and my master's in, in engineering and technology management. And I was just kind of following the path, right? This is what I was supposed to do. I didn't really know what I wanted to do in life, but I knew being an engineer would make money and would pay for the bills and I'd figure it out from there. But it's so funny. I actually have a picture of me sitting at my internship when I was younger. And there's a sticky note that says some, anything that I would do other than engineering. <laughs> So from a young age, I knew that I didn't want to become an engineer, but it's just, I, I'm, you know, have unfortunate people pleasing tendencies. So it was just kind of trying to make my family happy, trying to, my parents are um, immigrants, so they're from Africa. And, you know, it's lawyer, doctor, engineer. That's what you do, right? And I quickly realized that it wasn't for me. Um, and so during COVID, basically, I had been working for a year at my oil and gas company and I was in $25,000 worth of credit card debt. So the reason I got into credit card debt was basically I was a student before. <laughs> and so I had no student loans and I had scholarships throughout school, but in order to survive in life, <laughs> um, I was working part-time and things like that, but there's only so much that you can really do. And then right after I graduated grad school, went on a big three month trip and hit 50 countries that I traveled to, um, mm. which was really, really awesome. But at the end of that, I did, I was sitting on this credit card debt and I thought that 
getting this engineering job and having a six-figure income, I'd be able to pay off that credit card debt, no problem, super quickly, super easily. But a year later, I'm still sitting there with this $25,000 worth of credit card. And I'm pretty sure it went up, not down. So, <laughs> so I was like, okay, I've got to do something. I clearly don't have the financial literacy. I've got to do something different. Let's figure this out. So I was bored during COVID and decided to get my real estate license because um, in my, you know, mindset, I thought this would be a great way to make some extra income so I could. What's, what, what city? What city? In Houston. Oh, dope. Okay. I didn't know that. That's great. Oh, wait, actually, so not in, so I, I was living in Houston before that, but in New Orleans, actually, that's where I got my real estate license. Yeah. My mom okay. is actually a real estate agent now in Houston. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's cool. Because then you could exchange notes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so what was the first, uh, the first like real estate transaction? The first thing that ever happened, was it a house hack at first? It's usually people's like first, uh, dose of training wheels or was it something else? Yeah, it was a house hack. So, so while I was studying for my real estate license, I was looking up different podcasts just on, cause I wanted to stay motivated getting my license. I didn't want to be one of those people who didn't actually follow through. Right? And that's when I stumbled on bigger pockets and like, after that, my life was completely changed. I, I literally was like, this is how I get out. This is amazing. How did I not know about real estate investing? And so after listening to the podcast a ton, I decided that house hacking was going to be the best option for me because I, at the time I was living in New Orleans and there they have tons of duplexes. They have some triplexes, fourplexes. So multifamily really works well there. Um, so yeah, that was the first thing I did. I paid off all of my credit card debt. Like after I found bigger pockets, paid off my credit card debt within eight months, like that $25,000 worth and bought my first house hack within less than a year after. That's amazing. <laughs> so that was awesome. That I is, love you, that. You I sound like, you, like you, you've got a, a little bit of a similar path that me and my wife had. So I was like, you know, went through nursing school and, you know, had nursing school debt, but then I was like, oh, I'll go get my master's, become a nurse practitioner. They make more money, had my six figure job. And I'm like, why does my bank account not look any different at all? Like what's going on? And uh, then I literally during COVID Googled, what should I do with my money in my twenties? And of course, uh, real estate investing pops up. So then I Google a little bit more about real estate investing, find bigger pockets. And yeah, totally was hooked after that. And uh, our first deal that we did was uh, my wife, she actually found it. She was like, is, would this work for that house hacking thing you were talking about? And I was like, oh my gosh, yes, it absolutely does. So it's funny. Oh yeah. Gosh. Similar, similar trajectories. And like that first house hack is just a glorious thing because you're like, oh, wait a minute. I'm getting my entire mortgage paid for by somebody else. This is amazing. Totally. I also think, I, I, I also think that, you know what, just highlight that our school system does not teach how to handle, manage, or pay off debt at all. Macroeconomics yeah. is not going to teach you shit. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. No. no and that's you know it was so funny. I was talking to someone the other talking to someone the other day, and that's like part of why I created my course. So like like a lot of the the beginning modules in my course is just financial literacy. It's like how do you pay off credit card debt? How do you budget? All of those things that are so critical to just survive in life. <laughs> So from, from house hacking, um, I'm curious because I want to take everybody from the origin story until I, I know what you do now. Um, what, what was your step after you got in your first house hack? What'd you do next? Yeah. So after my first house hack, like literally I closed on my property and then a couple of weeks later, my job announced return to office hmm. and that was horrible. 
I literally fell into a deep depression after that. Like no joke. I was like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. I need to quit my job. I need to do something else. So at first I started applying for other jobs. And the thing that was always in the back of my head is I'm applying for these other jobs that I don't really want to do. <laughs> and I, you know, I knew that I was probably only going to be there for like a year or two. And then one day I was actually just like sitting on my couch. And then I uh, saw Tony and Sarah Robinson were hosting a short-term rental conference and they were doing a giveaway. And so I like put my name into the giveaway. Three days later, I get a video from Tony and Sarah and it's like, congratulations, you won tickets to this giveaway for the short-term rental conference. So I like took off, I, I um, didn't go to work those couple of days, took vacation days. I was supposed to be offshore in the Gulf of Mexico those days. I was like, nope, I'm gonna go to this conference. <laughs> uh, went to the conference and literally after that, just seeing and being around other people that were doing what I wanted to do gave me the confidence to essentially quit my job and go full in on real estate investing. And so at the time I had my house hack and my house hack was already paying for all of my living expenses and cash flowing some more too. So it was, and it still does. It's fantastic. It's literally my little baby. I love it. <laughs> I think everyone needs to be doing this. Um, but I was like, okay, worst case scenario, I could literally sit in my house for the next year with my dog and eat ramen and figure something out, right? Like, because I've like had, I had all my expenses paid for and I was cash flowing. And I also had already started side hustling many, many moons ago. I had my real estate license and I was doing social media as well and growing my social media at that point and had some sponsorship deals. So I was like, okay, I can survive. I'm going to, I'm going to be able to survive. I'll be able to figure this out. <laughs> so after that, I quit my corporate job and started investing in short-term rentals with partners. Um, and so that kind of like, hold on, don't, don't, don't wait, don't go us over that. Explain with partners and what did those partnerships look like? Yeah. Totally. Cause that's always, been, that's always a huge question mark. Everybody's like, Oh yeah, I just partnered, but yeah, that'll be <laughs> interesting. No, that is so true. Yeah. So basically people who'd bring the capital and they're generally like people always wonder, you know, how do you find these partners? I literally, while I was in my corporate job and I knew I wanted to do this, this is right before I put in my um, two weeks notice, or I actually gave three weeks notice. I sent a text to some of my friends who I knew were, who were also engineers, just friends from college um, who I knew were interested in real estate, but literally didn't want to have anything to do with it. Texted them just like, Hey, so I'm thinking of starting this real estate business and buying up properties would you be interested in partnering? Basically how it would work is you provide the capital, I do all of the work. So they provide the capital for the down payment, we partner 50-50, profits get split 50-50. That was the structure and equity was split 50-50 as well. But they nice. brought all the cash for the down payment, furnishings, all of that. And then me, I would go and do the work with my business partner. Love that. Yeah. Cause there, there's a lot of people that would, including myself that like, if you start out, so my first ever partnership that I did was actually with my brother. And so he was the one that brought all the capital. I was going to do all the work. And my thought process was, Oh, like I'll just take zero until you get paid back and then we'll split everything 50 50. And we got like eight months into that. And I was like, I've been doing a lot of stuff for free. And this is like going to take a long time for me to get paid back. And I was, and it was like on a $65,000 house in Fort Wayne, Indiana. I was like, you know what? You're, this is my gift to you. You just take everything. You can have it. He was, you know, he's an engineer himself. So he likes to like be tinkering around with everything. So I was like, this is right up your alley. You just take care of it. But 
big thing that I learned from it and also that I've heard Rob Abasolo say is like you undervalue yourself so much in the beginning, which you did not, thank God. But lots of people do like they're like, oh, I'll only take, you know, 5% cash flow or 10% cash flow or something like that. But then he's like, you need to keep in mind what is like three years from now, David, five years from now, David going to be doing? Is he still going to think that this is a good deal? Probably not. So you need to like keep that in mind. So very glad to hear that you started off, you know, knowing what you were bringing to the table. Well, and the only reason I knew how to do that was by joining Tony and Sarah's coaching course. Uh, <laughs> so, like, and that's why I like preach coaching. It's like, oh my gosh, you learn so much from people, like all the mistakes that they made. You can just, and you're still going to make your own mistakes. Everyone makes their own mistakes, but you can skip all the other silly little mistakes and just skip right past that and be in a way better place. Well, and, and not, and even like, you know, skipping mistakes and stuff like that, but just moving so much more quickly because you're condensing down like, oh, you know, like three years of David's knowledge and however many years of Olivia's knowledge, whatever, you're condensing it down into such a short time frame that instead of it taking you three years to learn everything, then it only takes you eight weeks to learn and everything and you can hit the ground running so much more quickly and start making more money more quickly so yeah I'm, I'm a huge fan of uh you know like a lot of people they like feel weird about education programs and they feel like you know these masterminds that you get into are like super scammy or something like that but it's like me and yoni we met at a uh within a mastermind and then actually you olivia and i i don't remember where we met it was either bp con or host con uh, we have to sit down at the same table host con yeah. <laughs> yeah so that was where yoni and i we first uh, you know really like got together and so like there it's it makes a huge huge difference there's a lot of people there's a lot of people that 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 are just closed-minded that they that sound salesy but they don't realize it'll 10x their network oh, well, yeah. and i think that comes from the corporate mindset right because in corporate right the company pays for whatever you have to do if you go have to go do training or whatever mm. and usually people don't even want to go because they're not passionate about their job and they don't really care about you know improving because i remember the conferences that i used to go as an engineer oh my gosh i was like please get me out right? yeah. <laughs> and it's i never so funny. um wait sorry what I never thought about that, but that's actually probably very, very accurate of like, that's why a lot of people probably like, oh, host con. I don't want to go to host con. That's another stupid conference. I've already gone to a dozen conferences for my job and I hated all of them. That's so true. I never really like put those two together. And so even for Tony and Sarah's thing, I remember like before that, I really wanted to go. I, I don't know how much their uh, conference was. Really, really wasn't that much money. I really wanted to go, but I was like, oh, I'm not going to spend that money going to a conference. I don't know, blah, blah, blah. And then I went, I was like, oh my, I literally last year went to five, or this year went to five different conferences. I signed up for gosh knows how much coaching and masterminds group. And it's not until for, I think for so many people, it's like, it's not until you actually get there and you see the value of it. Then you're like, okay, yes. hundred percent. To go to these places. hundred percent. Yeah. Well, I like couldn't agree more. Yeah. One of our first ones that uh, we ever went to uh, BP con. I think I still got a few connections from BP con, but that was like my first big conference I went to, but host con was really like the big, big catalyst because then like me and Yoni, we're still in a group chat with the five guys that we all split an Airbnb with together. And everybody is like, you know, like the, the old saying iron sharpens iron, blah, 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 all that stupid stuff. Like it's true. Like you, if you get around people that are doing cool stuff, you want to do cool stuff yourself. So then it automatically puts you in the right mindset of like, Oh, it's possible. I can keep doing these things. And then the more, of those people you get in your network the more you're going to be you know like the network is your net worth we're going to be like throw all the cliches out today but it's so true <laughs> well, I'll, I'll be... i just emceed an event in colorado a short-term rental event 
The only reason I was even asked to MC is I went to the STR Wealth Conference, made connections with some of the Colorado short-term rental people, became super good friends with them, spent a couple months in Colorado. They're like, you should come back and MC this event, you know? Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, completely agree. Like there, there's there's uh, very little things in real estate that are more important than being able to be in a like-minded group of people and understanding how to network and talk to other people. And I think network is it gets kind of like a, a, a sleazy word, like or a sleazy definition too, because of like corporate stuff. And uh, I've heard Brandon Turner say this. He's like, networking is just another way of saying like, hey, like don't be weird and go make friends. Like that's all it really comes down to, you know, like just go to the event share a beer with somebody and just like hang out and shoot the breeze. And uh, you know, who knows what could come out of it. Love totally. that. No, so um, let's like the, the actual like uh, nuts and bolts between be, behind house hacking. So like with your house hack that you've done in the past, like what did kind of the numbers look like just to give people a perspective of like uh, what they could hopefully expect if they were trying to look for like a good house hack deal. Totally. So I was very adamant about finding something that worked as, a long-term rental, a medium-term rental as a short-term rental. It didn't necessarily have to cover all of my expenses as a long-term rental, but at least if I were to leave the property and rent it out all the sides, it had to cash flow like over $500 a month at a minimum. Um, so for, I'll tell you, I'll literally just break down the numbers for my first house hack. So I got a duplex in New Orleans. It was 399000 it actually appraised for 420,000 though. And it was a new construction, freaking fantastic. Um, my mortgage, so I put, so I, I, well, number one, I actually came out of pocket $0 on it because I went FHA. I was also a realtor, so I was able to roll my commissions into mm. closing costs and everything. And then I also did a 401k loan, so to pay for- everything. Oh, sick. Yeah, That's so cool. out super super well um and then so my mortgage on it is about 2400 um as a long-term rental for both units i would make 16 to 1800 per unit depending on the season as a medium-term rental anywhere from 24 to 3200 per unit and then while i was lived like while i live there right now i short-term rent out the other side and i make anywhere from 3500 to 6000 a month on it which oh is just like a, such a steal. <laughs> yeah. and, and then with you being $0 out of pocket, your cash on cash return is instant oh, forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. that's something that a lot of people don't think about either is like your, if you house hack something like I'm, I'm a huge fan, I'm, I'm currently house hacking my house that we have right here has a carriage house out back. But like just the fact that it can knock out the vast majority, if not all of it, plus give you some cash flow. Like that's an incredible thing because the most expensive thing that most people have in their life is their mortgage or their rent or whatever they're having, whatever their living expenses. And if you can, you know, utilize two different things to where you're learning how to be a real estate investor. And then on top of that, you're then having your most expensive thing paid for, for you. It's going to keep you so motivated to keep rocking and rolling and going forward. And then you can start puddle jumping your portfolio and finding more properties afterwards. And I'm not sure uh, after this first house did you move on to another or are you still staying there i'm actually under contract on one right now oh my gosh super exciting can you are you okay with sharing something about that yeah so that one right now it's six hundred thousand. um and so we'll see how it ends up turning out there's i'm a little worried about the inspections on it yeah. <laughs> but we shall see even if it doesn't work out i like i know i'm determined to get one here within the next couple of months just because i want to move to colorado um, but yeah, so that one is actually a basement and so it's going to be a basement conversion. It already has 
a like mini kitchenette and stuff, but I actually want to kind of deck it out a little bit more short-term rent out the basement and then potentially build an ADU in the back, but we'll see some of the rules in Colorado can be a little, a bit of a kerfuffle. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so for that one, I'm actually going like regular conventional loan, 3% down, which is awesome. So if anyone doesn't know, you can actually do 3% down on a regular home since it's not a duplex. If it is a duplex or a triplex or a fourplex, they just came out with the 5% multifamily conventional loan. It that's that's crazy. Nobody's talking about that enough. It was like a blip on social media and then nobody's talked about it anymore. That's ridiculous. I did a whole changer. video about it. It came out yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> that is an absolute game changer. So for people that don't know about it, can you explain that real quick? Yeah. So basically before, if you were using a conventional loan to buy a multifamily property, you had to put 15 to 25% down unless you went FHA. And with FHA, you can only get one investment. Like you can only have one investment property under an FHA loan. With a conventional, you can actually get multiple properties. You do have to live in the property for at least a year. So you could buy one with a conventional loan one year, live in it for a year, move the next year, buy another property using a 5% down conventional loan, and just kind of do that for five, 10 years, you're freaking set. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just so great because it's got a low down payment with conventional loans too. You're going to have lower than market, like better interest rates versus getting a, um, an investment property loan or something like that. So it's just like a win-win. You do have to have mm -hmm. a minimum of a 620 credit score though, versus with an FHA, you can go a uh, 580 credit score. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, like you said, you could, you could create a portfolio of 20 doors in five years, as long as your debt to income ratio supports it. But also we had uh Jeff Welgan or Weglin, oh crap, mm -hmm. I can't remember. Jeff, the mortgage expert on, uh, on Instagram. We had him on a while back and then I actually brought him in to talk with my, my uh, students a little while ago. And he was saying that now with that 5%, I'm almost positive. Somebody fact check me that um, you can use the rent, the long-term rent to help support your debt to income. So you, with each time you would maybe puddle jump every 12 months, you can move and you can buy a new four unit with 5% down. You can do that five years in a row and have 20 doors and the doors are helping support your debt to income ratio, which is absolutely insane. So you could be all into a multi multi-million dollar investment doors depending on where you're at but like a portfolio probably worth millions if you've gone through and done five four unit house hacks in you know like a market like denver or something like that and for five percent down on each one of them which is absolutely madness can does anyone know if you can do an fha for self-employed um you no, can the only thing is you have to be able to usually show at least two years worth of um business income right like yeah, tax returns um the one thing too sometimes people might be able like i have one lender who's able to do it if you have like an offer letter from a, for a w2 job so even if yeah. you haven't actually started the job but you have an offer letter then they may be able to qualify you using that you just kind of have to talk to the right lender <laughs> yeah 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 absolutely yeah, that's interesting. So, um, so you're under contract now. You said it was six and some change. What was yeah. it? Mm -hmm. Six hundred. Okay. Yeah, and the goal would be to short term rent out. The only problem right now is that um, Colorado is going through some changes in terms of legislation for short term rentals. It doesn't actually affect house hackers, like if it's your primary residence. So what I would do is most likely convert my um, place in Maryland into a full time rental. Um, I might still go back, but I'm a big traveler. Like you see me on social media. I, you never know where I am. 
in the world. So basically for my own like personal portfolio, the goal is to house hack one property a year and for the next five to 10 years, I haven't decided exactly how long, but that's just, and that's what I try to preach to everyone. It's such an easy way to scale. And because most people don't want huge, ginormous, like trillion dollar businesses, right? And to have all this overhead, it's like, just get five to 10 properties. You're set. That is your retirement right there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you would get to where you had, um, you know, five doors or something along those lines, and it was spitting out three or $4,000 a month in cash flow, And, you know, like you bought a, a duplex, the first go around and then another duplex and then a single family home with an ADU outback or something, I guess that would be six doors. But like, then if you had like three or 4,000 a month in cash flow coming out of there, that is a a full-time job for a lot of people that you are having in and that you can have that as your safety net for so little money out of pocket. It's insane. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing you can get there with like two or three properties. Sometimes like depending on the strategies, the thing that I love about house hacking is there's so much versatility. A lot of the time you'll have better regulations for short-term rentals, better regulations for medium-term rentals. If you're house hacking, which is amazing. Absolutely. So in, uh, whenever you're looking in the Denver area, have you talked with Tyler and Zosha Madden at all? I have not. I've heard so much about them, but I've never actually met them. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll do an intro for you. We had Zosha on a while back and they like, they have, I think 14 medium terms in Denver now. And they like kind of specialize in like converting properties to help like be conducive for medium terms. They sound like they would be right up your alley. Uh, yeah, I would love to talk. <laughs> there we go. See the power of networking right here, live in front of everybody. We'll make, we'll make, we'll make the intro. They're also like a very cool power couple situation that we all aspire to be one day. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, with the, with the house hacking side of things. Yeah. So you said you're going to hopefully short-term rent it because the regulations change. So really like I, I, I've tried to think about it and I really can't think of like a downside to house hacking other than maybe you're sharing a wall with somebody or something like that. But That's in all reality, like if it's privacy, like, yeah, exactly right. But I I've told people like my two house hacks that we've done, each of them had a carriage house out back or an ADU or a casita, mother-in-law, whatever anybody wants to call it. And so they call them carriage houses here in the Midwest. I guess we're like horse and buggy style still, <laughs> but each of them, we built a fence in between us and the carriage house, which was out back and they have a separate entrance. And so my neighbors next to me are actually closer than what my carriage house is behind me. And so the privacy is not even remotely an issue. And so I always call people or tell people that's like a luxury house hack. And so, Really, like that's the only like downside I've come up with. Unless you know, you think of anything else. I, there is no downside. There really, <laughs> like honestly, and it, I would say sometimes for families, they just for whatever reason they want their, you know, it's. But it's like if you do an ADU or if you do a carriage house, or even for me, like my duplex in New Orleans is a back front duplex. I never see my guests, literally yeah. never. I drive up my driveway to my door <laughs> and I walk into my door and I never, ever, ever see my guests or my tenants. Like, <laughs> yeah, I love that. All right. So that sounds like you're, you know, you're moving to, or at least, you know, like semi moving to Colorado, you know, you'll be elsewhere, but like, what does like 12 months for Olivia look like? And then what's like five years look like for Olivia? Totally. So I feel like this last year has been such a great one because I've really, you know, because I was able to quit my job and I was able to really kind of travel and find out what it is that I really wanted to do. It's just, that's what, that's why I tell people to house hack. It's like when you're in your corporate job, sometimes you just like, don't even have the time 
and space to take off to go figure out what the heck it is you even want to do. So yeah, another plug there. But so with here within the next year, I really want to scale my coaching coaching course. Um, I just I love helping people. Like that is my my bread and butter. I always say my like goal in life has always been to help people do the thing that they were always meant to do whatever mm. that looks like for some people that looks like traveling the world like me and for some people that looks like you know like traveling around in an rv for five years and just seeing where life takes them for some it's being able to homeschool their kids i just like love helping people be their best and highest selves um so i think really like focusing on that for this next year and growing my interior design business I also really want to be under contract on a um, like tiny home village, <laughs> like new construction, tiny home village. That's like, uh, but I would hit me up, hit me up. I can help. Seriously, seriously. Cause that's, that's especially this year we purchased a couple of short-term rentals and it's just like the single homes just weren't. And I, I, I think it's also just cause I love multifamily. Like, Mm. Having the duplex, having I like the multiple streams of income coming in from one property versus just having one property that if the property's down for whatever reason, then you're making zero money off of it. I just like the risk diversification there, you know. So. Completely agree. Yeah, we we have you know, we have two properties that have multi units on it, and like those properties never give me any stress at all because I'm like, oh, okay, you know, like if one of them is rent, I know that everything is covered for the month, and it doesn't matter. Like I'll I'll actually make money on just one unit, it doesn't matter. But then the other ones just all profit. So, but my single family ones, I I get a little nervous whenever there's like a big gap or something like that. So I completely agree. Having multiple doors on one property makes all the difference because then you you're just like hedging your risk, your diversity and you're doing all those, you know, things that all the good books tell you to do. So that's amazing. Exactly. I love it. And then five-year goal. Well, oh, actually one other thing that I am trying to do this next year is I really want to host a retreat somewhere mm. cool around the world. I'm thinking Argentina or somewhere in South America because I'm going to Argentina for my 30th birthday next year anyways. So tacking on like a week-long trip on top of that would other like-minded investors go to like stay at a really cool Airbnb and we can just like mastermind and we'll do all that things, but then also just go travel and have fun. So <laughs> trying it. to like cultivate that type of, cause I love travel and I am all over the place and meeting people in person is awesome. So if we can do that, in a cool ass place. <laughs> that sounds amazing to me. Well, you, you let Yoni and I know we'll work on our tan and we'll make it down to Argentina. No question. Right. <laughs> I love it. All right. Beautiful. Well, uh, we we're kind of creeping up on our time. So we'll uh, work with uh, some of our kind of like final questions that we like to ask everybody. So one of my questions that I really like to ask people is like, looking back on like some of the properties that you bought and like partnerships and like your house hacks and whatever, like what has been the one deal whenever you look back on it, you still just like makes you smile. You're like, this one was the one, this was my favorite that I did. My first duplex, like yeah. that was a home run out of, you know, <laughs> and yeah. it was like the kind of situation where I put in so many offers. Like, I think I put like 10 to 15 offers, which isn't even that many. Like I could have put in more, but I remember getting to a point was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to get this duplex, yada, yada, yada. But I still kept putting offers in and I still kept going. And yeah, it was just, so another thing I will say for this duplex too, is it was um, technically off market. So I put an offer in on a new construction, got beat out on it. Cause this was like mid pandemic offers were going for 10, 20, $30,000 over. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I am going with an FHA loan and I am not paying an appraisal yet. <laughs> so, 
Um, so what I ended up doing is I just like messaged the realtor and I was like, Hey, can you give me the contact information of the builder? I would love to just like know if he has any more projects coming on. Just because I remember hearing that in bigger pockets, they're like, you know, ask to see if they have any more deals. So I did literally that next day, went to go see their two properties that they had, loved one of them, went into their office. I was like, here's an offer. I'll take it. Um, was able to negotiate. I literally negotiated silly little things like I wanted them to paint the door yellow. <laughs> <laughs> but because I was able to get in early and lock it in, um, it was just, it was, I had no competition, didn't have to go over asking. And this was in the middle of COVID where interest rates were 2.75%. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's that's, amazing. it is wild how similar our stories are because we did the exact same thing. So <laughs> we... For a townhome that we bought, uh, we saw that there is a, a developer here in town that we liked their style. We knew they were doing like townhomes and maybe some like duplex type of properties. And I was like, oh, I just, you know, I want to talk to this guy to see what's going on. Called him up, actually got on the phone with the owner and was asking him about what they had, you know, coming in the pipeline. This was midst of the uh, pandemic. I think I have a 2.75% interest rate on it. And it was a three bed, two and a half bath, brand new build townhome. And he said, all you have to do to like hold it, it still needed like four months, I think, of build. But at least like the bones were there. We could walk through it and see what it looked like. And he had a bunch of other properties. He was a well-established you know, established developer. And so we had to put 3% down on the property whenever we bought it. And so that was just like to hold it. And then we found out later that it was in a USDA zone. And so we only had to put 0% down on it. Yeah. And so then at closing table, they paid us back our 3% that we put down to hold the property. So we got paid at the closing table to get a brand new property. So reach out to construction or reach out to new developers in your area, ask them what they have coming in the pipeline, see if you can like, you know, put down a small amount to hold one of those properties for you. And then, yeah, you don't have to deal with the, the, the headache of, you know, fighting everybody else. That's, it's amazing. And developers will do like they paid my title fees, like that you can mm -hmm. negotiate a lot of the time with them, especially now do a two, one, like buy down. There's so many different ways to negotiate. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Okay, so we're going to ask you some personal questions. Um, I'm going to do a little combo round so you could pick whichever one you want because I know you mentioned the Bigger Pockets podcast, which a lot of people um, that we interview all had that original inspo. So shout out to the Bigger Pockets people because they've gotten a lot of us started. I'm going to ask you what is your favorite book and slash or who is your mentor, whether you have a relationship with them or not, who you look up to is who you want to go in that direction. Okay. Favorite book is Everything is Figureoutable by Marie Forleo. Mm -hmm. Love that book, especially for people, especially if you're in a situation where you're just kind of where I was sitting depressed. You're like, I don't even know what to do or where to go. Like read that book. Everything is figureoutable. It really is. And sometimes you just got to take the leap and get started. I feel like everything that I've done, I've just taken the leap and figured it out as I went, you know? And yeah, that's like one of my favorite books. Should I answer the other question too? Please. <laughs> um, I guess mentors right now. So Tony and Sarah Robinson, they're wonderful. They've like changed. They literally, I tell them all the time, you guys changed my life. <laughs> and then Heather Blankenship has been amazing. So I'm not even in the RV park space and she's like the queen of RV parks, but she is an incredible businesswoman, just like so incredible and just like knows herself so well and is unapologetically herself all the time. And so I, and I like, don't know how I got so lucky to just like 
have her mentoring me <laughs> and coaching me through life, even with this like course launch and everything, like just such a wealth of knowledge and crushes it in business and in her family life and everything. And really just is all about building a life that she loves and not really caring about what everyone else is doing, you know? Love that. Yeah. Heather, we saw her at the original HostCon and she was phenomenal. Got a chance to talk with her a little bit afterwards. And yeah, she, uh, you and I, Olivia, we've talked about her a little bit before, you know, whenever we got on calls and like, she, she like crushes it out of the park with making as many income streams as humanly possible on one piece of property. Like she took, uh, what was it? One RV park that was pulling like 3 million a year or something in gross revenue. And she bumped it up to like 6 million or something like that. Now it's valued at like 15 or $20 million, like madness. And so yeah, anybody that's looking to get into like, you know, scaling stuff like that, she, she's the one to go to, but. And she's also um, like a monster marketer. If you haven't yeah. noticed, like she Oh my gosh, on point. <laughs> yes, completely agree. All right. Well then, uh, last question then is, so uh, is there any problems, issues, or question marks in your business going on right now that listeners potentially could help you with? And then what's the best way that people could reach out to you? So are you trying to find a deal in Denver? Are you trying to do this or like anything that they could help out with? Yeah, I mean, I think we're, it's not really a problem, but I think right now it's like, I'm really just trying to help as many people get started real, in real estate, get them house hacking, get those like first couple of properties under contract so that their lives can like literally change. So it's like, if you're interested in being mentored by me, like I'd love to have you pretty much. Like I, I just, I think about the moments that changed my life here within the last few years and it has honestly been around just meeting the right person and being mentored by the right person. Someone's saying the right thing. So I kind of, I just want to be able to do that for other people. <laughs> love it. Love it. If somebody wants the best cheerleader and a coach ever humanly possible, I would say it has to be Olivia. Like she, she makes my coaching style look dry and drab. So <laughs> if, if uh, anybody's interested in house hacking, please reach out to Olivia. Olivia, where can people best reach out to you? Instagram, that's going to be the best. So at the Olivia Tati, that's T-H-E-O-L-I-V-I-A-T-A-T-I. And then if you like YouTube content, feel free to follow me on YouTube. Finally got to a thousand subscribers. So we're growing. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Love it. Amazing. Amazing. All right, Yoni, anything else before we get Olivia out of here? Olivia, you have the best energy and your substance matches it as well. So we're really happy that you, you hopped on with us. Oh, thank you. <laughs> 100%. Thank you, Olivia, for coming on. We really appreciate it.